When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Let's find out who I get to co-host with today. Bam! Whoa! What do you think? How'd that happen? Yeah. Wow. I'm Dan Levitard. <laughs> Somebody get me something to wipe down the sweat. Let's see if I can get out of here without sweat. Yeah, you're a couple thousand show. miles too far north, I'm afraid, for that. I love Levitard. It's a tribute to him to say, Bam! Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Kyler Murray's contract, Julio Jones' new team, and Theo Epstein joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with Juan Soto hitting a two-run triple last night to lead the lowly Washington Nationals past the mighty Los Angeles Dodgers. During the game, fans at Dodger Stadium chanted at Soto, future Dodger, future Dodger. Well, we all know Soto is up for grabs now. Should the Dodgers make a big move for him, or are they already good enough? Well, they're already good enough, and I'm not going to say they should, Tony. They certainly could. I mean, this is what the Dodgers do. I mean, they pursue stars. I mean, the Yankees do it, too. So they're not exactly the Dodgers are going to be in this by themselves. The Yankees would be in it as well, because the Yankees never have enough stars. You can say, oh, wait a minute. You know, they got, they, they, they got a, a, a roster full of stars now. Yeah, and they keep piling on, and so do the Dodgers. So those would be the two teams you would expect. The Angels also have enough money, even though, my God, if you go there, you're never seen in October until you retire. No. But, but I'm not going to say they should because they're good enough now. They just won, you know, they're the champs once removed, and they could do it again without him. But if you get him... It's certainly, Tony, I'm not going to say it makes it easier. A, a baseball player doesn't change the fortunes of a team like a basketball player. By the way, who would bring the bigger haul, Soto or Kevin Durant? Because both of them, I mean, it seems that people want an entire franchise just in exchange for that one player. Yeah. So if the question is, are they good enough? They are good enough. They have been good enough for the last nine years in a row when they have made the playoffs, and they only have that one World Series championship, Mike. Soto makes everybody better. Soto may be an all-timer, and the reason you go after him is before you even have to negotiate with Scott Boris, who may or may not be the devil, you get this guy for three pennant races at a bargain price point on his original contract. This is, this is wincing for me. Because last year at this time, I watched the Washington Nationals trade Max Scherzer, a Hall of Fame pitcher, and trade Turner, an all-star, to the Dodgers. And what did they get back? They got prospects. They got Josiah Gray, with the moment as a 500 pitcher with a 4.40 ERA, and they got Cabert Ruiz, a catcher, who appears to be the real deal. It is said that they want the Dodgers' top six, six prospects. Six. So, so that sounds like a Rudy Gobert trade, except the difference is... In basketball, it's more exact in terms of being a prospect than it is in baseball. Mike, to me, you have to try to do this. Just you went after Mookie Betts a couple of years ago and you got him. Yeah. This is what the Dodgers yeah. do. You go after people like this. It, it's, it's tailor-made for them to do it. You're going to take it those is, six by the way, prospects, in terms of, by the way? Is that a good enough for you, well, good enough deal? 
Well, I don't know about if it's good enough for the Nats, but it's not going to bother the Dodgers. They no. got Clayton Kershaw. No. They got... They got Walker Bueller. Price they got Muncy. They him. got Smith. They got Betts. They got Belt. What do they need? They don't need prospects. They got enough prospects. They're not going to make the they roster. They might not prospects. need Soto either. To be, to, like you said, they, 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 they're Ooh. good enough every year. They're good enough every year. They are. Juan Soto's got a ring already. Yeah. Juan Soto could be great. 23 years old. Let's move to the NFL and the curious clause in Kyler Murray's new deal. The huge new contract requires the Cardinals quarterback to study film, imagine that, for four hours per week during the season or else be deemed to be in default. Tone, is this film study clause something you see as helpful or hurtful? Studying film is helpful. The way the Cardinals have gone about this publicly is hurtful. Yeah. You're going to sign a quarterback to a huge deal like this and you're going to publicly say he doesn't work hard enough, he doesn't study enough film, so we've got to hold his hand to the fire and make sure that he does this, and if he doesn't do it, we're going to void the deal, and if he talks about baseball and takes a try on baseball, we're going to void the deal. Why would you spend this kind of money on a quarterback who you apparently think is not worthy of you unless you act in this unbelievably paternalistic way towards him. Mike, I don't get this at all. I understand he agreed to it. I understand Kyler Murray agreed to this deal. But to me, it is a public embarrassment, and I don't get it. Tony, there are two reasons to answer your question about why you would do this. Quarterbacks are so rare. Just the physical specimen. Great, physically talented quarterbacks are so rare that you don't want to lose this kid. But the second reason is you don't trust him. Now, I sat here every week last year when Kyler Murray's name came up, and I said to you, they don't trust him, and there's something else going on with him all the time, all right? And this is just, this bears that out, Tony. They don't, they are saying to him, we don't trust you. And by the way, maybe they shouldn't trust him. I mean, Tony, you hear reports about Kyler Murray saying, okay, this kid is physically great, but does he do everything he needs to do? Does he? Is, is he up to here? Is he in that film room all day, every day, like no. the great quarterbacks have to be? They don't think no, so. No, he's not. All right? And he's you not. hear reports when you live part of the year where I live about video yeah. games and him studying video games more than he studies game film. That's one of the things that's been out him. there. Then sign him and trade him. I mean, I just think this is publicly embarrassing. It is. It's for a both head of scratcher. For the player and the it's organization. It's a head scratcher for me. Yeah. I mean, this is, look, and I'm not going to let Kyler Murray off the hook in this regard. He has, in effect, de facto threatened the team by putting on a baseball uniform and putting it on his social media. But this is the Cardinals saying, two can play that game. And we're going to show you that you're going to have to do it, it exactly our way. How can it work? I, it, it, Mike, it doesn't seem like a long-term solution. No. It does no, not. No, it does not at all. does I'm not. not sure about the short term no. either. No, it's, it just doesn't. I don't know. Let's take a break. Coming up, what's the number one way to improve baseball? We're going to ask Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein. Man, why did he have to leave his previous job so soon? We're also going to ask him whether he feels the urge to run a team again. He won with the Red Sox and the Cubs. He's in the hall, basically. That's a mic drop. You drop the mic and you go straight to the hall and you don't run anything else. What's better than that? That's too hard. Pardon the Interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live La Vida Maspina. Part of... 
PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. You are watching Pardon the Interruption, presented by Corona Extra, part of Happy Hour. Today's guest led both the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs to historic World Series titles, and he currently works as a special consultant to Major League Baseball with a focus on improving the game itself. We welcome back to the show, after long absence and much success, Theo Epstein. Theo, let's start with this. You're in charge of improving the play on the field. What is the number one thing, the number one thing you would like to see baseball do to improve its product? Well, you know, I think it's about just trying to put the very best version of baseball on the field. And so it's not about necessarily what I think, but it's ultimately what matters to fans and how do you get the most entertaining, most joyful version of the game for fans. And what fans tell us consistently is that they'd like to see more action uh, in the game, a little bit less dead time. They'd like to see the game played at a a faster pace. Uh, They'd like to see more uh, athleticism on display more frequently. You know, fans' favorite events in the game are doubles, triples, and stolen bases, events that involve multiple players in motion, a lot of action, a lot of suspense. Their least favorite plays all are are essentially dead time and inaction. Um, So it's really about increasing the action, increasing the pace to be as entertaining as possible for the fans. Theo, I'm realizing I'm such an old man now I'm, I'm screaming at the television. Can you just hit them where they ain't? Which is what I was even taught in Little League against some of these defensive shifts. But is there anything that can happen organically or does it just, ha- are we at the point now where it has to be legislated? Specifically with the shift or, or with balls in play in general? Either. I'll take because either. I, Yeah, so I think, you know, another way to answer your first question, you know, one thing you can change would be just get, get, the ball and play more often. You know, when, when we were growing up and fall in love with baseball, uh, the, the average strikeout rate was 12 and a half percent. 
Right now it's 22 and a half percent and we're, we flirt with 25%. So there are basically twice as many strikeouts in the game as there were when we were growing up. And that's directly related to you know, how many balls are in play or not in play, what the league batting average is. The league is hitting 242 right now. You know, that hasn't happened in 50 years. I think it's a better game inarguably when the league's hitting 260, 265. Uh, you know, the, the league strikeout rate right now, is higher than the career strikeout rate of Dwight Gooden and Bob Gibson. So like the league has become the whole league, the average pitcher in the league is, is more of a strikeout pitcher than, than Gibson or Gooden. So that just tells you that, you know, too often the ball's not in play, you know, yes. Uh, legislating against the shift can, can slightly improve the in-play environment for hitters, but there's other things that we can do too, to, make life a little bit easier on hitters, promote contact and, and ask a little bit more of pitchers. They're so good these days. You know, pitchers have uh, taken advantage of technology and the data revolution more than hitters have because pitching is proactive. They can go into the lab. They can leverage all this tech to help them, you know, throw faster, throw more effective breaking stuff. They can reverse engineer hitters' tendencies. They, they now design pitches in a lab specifically designed to miss bats empirically, and, and it works. That's why there's so much swing and miss, and pitchers are phenomenal now. They've done a great job, but it's a little bit harder for hitters because it's more reactive to keep up with the technology and use that. So there are certain things you can do you know, to legislate, as you said, to make life a little bit easier, ask a little bit more of pitchers so they can't throw max effort all the time. They have to go deeper in games. They can't be focused on swing and miss the entire time and get balls and play a little bit more more uh, frequently. I want to personalize this for a second. Part of your great success dealt with um, algorithms and analytics and 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 you know that sort of technical aspect of the game. But now that you're in this new role, I mean, do you find yourself taking on or taking a session to some of the very things that worked for you at the club level? Yeah, well, that's, that's one of the reasons I love this role because when you're a GM, I did that for 18 years, every decision you make is about winning. You know, you're trying to optimize player performance and team performance to get wins, and you really don't have uh, the ability or the time to think about what it looks like from a fan standpoint. You're not worried about the entertainment value of the game. You're worried about winning. And now in this current role, you can take a step back, set winning aside. That's someone else's problem and look at the game from the fans perspective. And, and then you realize that a lot of the optimizations that have been driven, you know, in large part by front offices and people like me over the last 10, 20 years have created great results on the field, but have been detrimental in some important respects to the entertainment value of the game, the aesthetic value of the game. So we can't rely on, on, we can't ask the GMs or ask the players, change the way you put teams together, change the way you play the game. If you want change, like like the NFL has done um, and like the NBA has done, you have to work together to just change the rules to create the type of product that you're looking for. So the NFL realized that the passing game was very entertaining to fans. So what did they do? They passed rules to protect the quarterbacks. They passed rules to make life really difficult on defensive backs. You couldn't make contact within five yards. Passing yards went way up. Fans love, love the product. NBA did the same thing, you know, whether it's a shot clock or hand checking. So that's the process we're in now. We understand what the fans want, faster pace, more action, more balls in play, working with players now. And yes, rolling back some of the optimizations that have taken place over the last 10, 20 years, but for the good of the game. And when you change the rules of the game, now it's just resets and teams will find new competitive advantages, but hopefully it's a better product on the field.
I really like listening to that. That's really smart. You're explaining it in the way that most of us don't really understand it. And you also take an accountability for the fact that you were one of the leaders who pushed the game to where it is now. So I really like that. They will get, get out of here on this. When you left the Cubs, it is reported that you wrote a letter to some friends saying that you plan to have a third chapter with a heading of baseball organization. So you've had the Red Sox, you've had the Cubs, and you've won World Series. Are we getting nearer to that date where you're going to be more active with a team? Well, I, I love this work, and, and I think it's, it's a multi-year process. You know, hopefully we have some, some good rule changes next year. We have to make sure we execute well. We don't suffer some unintended consequences and make the game worse. And then there's a whole other set of rule changes coming the year after that. So I love what I'm doing now. But at some point in the future, um, you know, if I could find the right partners and, and, and maybe find my way into the right ownership group with a, in a great city and a great organization, I love – I love the competitiveness and I love the camaraderie of being in a front office and competing for a World Series. So maybe someday, but um, you know, Rob Manfred has been great bringing me on board, all the owners, John Stanton running the competition committee. So I'm happy with what I'm doing now. And I'm really excited about the future of baseball because we have such great young players. Uh, we have such loyal fans. If we can get the game back to what it was in terms of pitches coming every 10 seconds, maybe the league hitting 260, more more stolen base attempts, more more action in the field and on the bases. You know, it's such a bright future for the game. So I'm happy to be part of it in any role. Thank Theo, you, Thank Theo. you so much. Thank you for, for, for Washington joining Nationals. <laughs> I knew he was going to lobby. I knew he was going to bring come. Nationals in there, Theo. I knew he was going to do it. Joe Burrow has a sudden surgery, and we'll tell you why. <laughs> And what's they won too recently for me. <laughs> That's right. He needs an 85, you know, or 108-year, you know, drought, yeah. Tony. Yeah. That's the only way Theo needs to take on uh, a we'll team. See. We'll see you guys at the ballpark. I appreciate the, the time today. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. What should the Bears do just about wonderful. Roquan Smith showing up at camp but not practice? That's why I wanted Theo to go to Lake Forest. And, you know, the Bears have been almost 40 years without a championship. That's a long time in the NFL. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live La Vida Maspina. Part of Happy Hour. Happy time, people. Happy 31st birthday, Ryan Stanek. The Astros reliever has pitched 34 and a third innings over 37 appearances. He's got a 0.79 ERA. Until allowing one last night to Oakland, Stanek had not allowed an earned run since April 27th. You may not know Stanek, 
or anyone else in the Astros bullpen, but they are top-notch. It's not just Justin Verlander on that staff. To give you an idea, Seattle Mariners had won 14 games in a row. They had the Astros coming in right after the All-Star break. They had visions of playoffs dancing in their Mariners' heads. Houston beat them all three games. The Yankees, Dodgers, and Astros are way clearer of the rest of the pack. Tony, it seems to me that the Astros have now outrun the stench of cheating. Outrun it. People don't talk about it. They don't need to. Because I root for Dusty Baker, I am now rooting for the Astros. Well, you've always rooted for Dusty Baker. I've always no rooted for Dusty he But he hasn't always Dusty been Baker. at the Astros. He's there now. Happy anniversary, Robert Ursay and Carol Rosenblum. This is posthumous for both men. But on this day 50 years ago, the Baltimore Colts held a press conference at which it was announced that Ursay had purchased the Los Angeles Rams and he was trading the Rams for the Colts, which Rosenblum owned. In the four years before Ursay bought the Colts, they had gone to two Super Bowls. Ursay had no similar success with the Colts until years later when he moved them to Indianapolis. Rosenblum's Rams won at least 10 games and the division title every year of the first six years he owned them. And the next year, 1979, they went to the Super Bowl. Tony, this is the second most bizarre sports swap out of its time. Remember Mike Kekich? Who was that? Those pitchers that swapped families. I know you Fritz remember Peterson. this. It's insane. Vince Peterson and Mike Fritz, Kekich. Okay, yes. I'm not sure which one of these was more insane. I guess the family swap out is more insane. But this over teams? Could you imagine this happening now? It could not. It just couldn't happen. And nobody would let it. Leagues wouldn't let it. Neither could happen now. I Neither believe. could happen. trails to the L.A. Sparks for Liz Cambage. The WNBA team announced today that they have agreed to what was called a, quote, contract divorce with their 30-year-old center just 25 games into our Sparks tenure. Cambage signed with the Sparks five months ago following two years in Las Vegas saying, and I quote here, it was L.A. or out for me, unquote. The six foot eight Cambage was averaging 13 points, 6.4 rebounds for the 12 and 15 Sparks, who are sixth in the WNBA standings. Cambage, a four time All Star, she holds the WNBA record for points in one game, 53, which she got against New York in 2018 when she played for Dallas. Cambage first came to prominence playing for the Australian national team. My first thought is whether the Chicago Sky defending champions can use Liz. Cambage. I'm going to go see them in person, Tony, Friday night in Chicago. Cambage is too good to be out of work for long. Just too good. And I don't know what's going on necessarily with, with, with her in L.A. It's just weird. But she cannot be out of work long. You are Mr. Basketball going to the WNBA game. Good for you. One omission. Julio Jones, your boy, yep. signing a one-year deal with the Bucs. That's a Brady. pretty big deal because of, of Brady, course, right? Brady, yes, he can find him. If Julio <laughs> Jones has anything left, I, I suspect That's he will, a- Tony, at least for a season. Yeah. All right, let's go to the big finish. Let's do it. Joe Burrow is undergoing surgery to remove his appendix. Your thoughts? What a creative way to get out of a couple of days of training camp. Applause, applause to the young man. Applause for him. Danny Amendola has retired, Tony. How are you going to sum up his career? Two-time Super Bowl champion with New England in that line of receivers with Edelman and Welker. Dependable small slot receivers that Brady found all the time. Bears linebacker Roquan Smith reported to camp, but he will not practice as part of a contract dispute. Are you okay with that, Mr. Bear? No, because this new management team, I don't trust they haven't done anything smart all offseason. I, I don't know what they're doing. And Roquan Smith, the best player on the team. Hello. Pay him. Jacob DeGrom makes what could be his final AAA rehab start tonight. Your expectations, Tom? 
It's in Syracuse. It should be in Binghamton like Scherzer did. My expectations are is that he's getting ready to go. And, and when he gets back to the majors, my expectations are he's going to be great again. Last one. The Detroit Pistons will wear teal throwback jerseys on occasion during the coming yeah. season. Are you excited? We're told it's 10 games worth. With, all, with apologies to my dear friend Grant Hill, those uniforms stunk. The Pistons are red and blue. It's what the Pistons wear. Get that teal horsey stuff out of here. Grant, make a call. Do something. Out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, red and blue in Detroit. That's what you wear. Here's sports. Yeah. PTI. Feels overrated. <laughs>